0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week. Last week, we took a little break. Um, We wanted to take a minute to address that we support Black Lives Matter. And instead of sharing our own content, we decided to share podcasts we love that are created by the Black community to amplify their voices and their experiences.
1: Like us, I'm sure a lot of you look to podcasts for a break from reality. We're grateful to each other and every one of our listeners who choose us for that escape from the world. Normally, we love that, but right now is not the time to be distracted and not the time to be silent. Right now, our country is facing a turning point, and we think this is one time you should be focusing on the current state of humanity.
0: The reality is that police brutality has reached an all-time high, and civil liberties are not being upheld. We at Quite Unusual support Black Lives Matter movement, and we want to use the little voice that we have to stand up for justice. If each one of us uses the voices that we do have to speak up about injustice, then our little voices combine into a shout for change.
1: Right now, every single one of us has a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to stand up and do what is right for all of humanity. Use your voice to help other people be treated equally. We hope you will use this time to open your hearts and minds to learning and acting towards a better world for all of us. Thank you for listening. Quite unusual.
0: Konnichiwa, yokojo. The Quite Unusual Podcast. Watashi wa anata no hostu te de des. Noel and Nicole.
1: Konnichiwa. I'm so impressed with you. Oh. How you, you just said all of that.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I probably pronounced it wrong because I've been using Duolingo to like learn Japanese Um, (laughs) so sorry if I said that wrong but we're trying really hard over here so
1: yeah well I liked it and it's actually the reason why we decided to welcome you in Japanese is because this week's podcast is all about Japan
0: so this one's going to be a little bit different Nicole and I are going to tell a little story instead of just one of us saying it, so we just thought it'd be sort of a fun way to mix it up.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, who knows, if it goes well this week, maybe we'll do some more episodes like this in the future, so I guess we're ready to jump in. Who wants to go first?
0: I think you should go first.
1: Okay, I'll go first. So, my story is about a Japanese urban legend and it actually kind of leads into a real-life murder. And so it's it's actually a fairly new urban legend. And it's the urban legend about the Red Room.
0: Yes. I, I love this sort of stuff where, like, real life mimics, like, fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It gets me really pumped. I'm so excited. I can't wait.
1: Yeah. And uh, just researching this, too, this whole thing just could have – I was, like, picturing it as a movie. So – That helps you guys visualize, do so. (laughs) So the legend originated in the 90s, and it was right around the time when computers were becoming a thing. So people were starting to purchase computers of their own for their own personal use, like in their own homes, which was kind of like a newer thing in the 90s.
0: Remember those big Mac computers with like the colors on the back of them? Those were like the pinnacle of technology in the 90s.
1: That was, like, the coolest computer to have. We had those in my elementary school. Every, like, computer in our computer lab was the green one.
0: Oh, really? We had the different colors that we would fight about who we get the orange one.
1: Uh <laughs> We just had all green. <laughs> so, the legend goes like this. It's a small pop-up will appear on the victim's computer screen while they are just so innocently surfing the internet. So... The pop-up has an all red background with letters in black asking the question, Do you like the? So okay. along with the pop-up, a childlike voice will sound through your computer and it'll read, Do you like the? So the picture Wait. like a creepy.
0: Do it in a child's voice, so it's scary. I got... <laughs> do you like the? Oh, that was so scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like I don't know how to do a child's voice. That
0: was good and really scary.
1: Okay, cool. So if you try to close the window, it'll pop up again and again and again until it finally finishes the question. And the final question is Do you like the red room? Oh. So wherever you are, windows, doors will automatically lock, trapping you and confining you to whatever room you are in. So it's said that you'll feel a presence and then. Your body will be discovered dead in your room, and the walls will be painted with your own blood.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so obsessed with, like, where this is going. Like, okay, we were both born in the 90s, so, like, I feel like yes. this is our generation here. Like, mm-hmm. home computers just in general were, like, super scary, don't you think?
1: Like, Yeah,
0: like I remember being like a little tiny baby and like playing Neopets or whatever. Oh, like, yes. Yes. Um and like weird pop-ups would come up and it'd be like mm-hmm. get your dick 10 inches longer. And I'm like, "What's <laughs> going on?" And I was so scared and I didn't know what to do and I'd be like, "Mom?" And she's like,
1: I'm "I know." Porn. Like-, I'm
0: like I'm just trying to play Neopets.
1: <laughs> Chat with hot babes now. Yeah, I remember um the very first computer that we had I don't even think we had AOL. I don't even know if AOL was a thing at the time, but we had the game Amazon Trail loaded on it. What? And it was the best game I've been searching high and low for a, like a version. I guess you if you want to buy like Oregon Trail has like a little handheld one, but yeah. they don't have Amazon Trail and Amazon Trail was my favorite. Dude, it's so good. You would, like, die of malaria and then have to restart and shit. Yes. <laughs> it's the best.
0: Yes. I love 90s computer games. Oh,
1: they're the best.
0: Seriously. Okay, so what happens after, after you feel this present?
1: There are a couple of theories as to what actually happens to you, like how you end up dead. Um, one theory is that a crack or a fissure... Did I say that right? Fissure? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> i say it <laughs> a crack or a fissure will appear on your body and that it'll just get wider and wider and wider until your body just explodes and Ooh. blood just will spray everywhere on your walls that's one theory another theory is that after the question is fully asked of you another window will pop up on your computer screen but it'll display a list a list of names and according to this the names on this list are the people who are targeted next? So, <gasps> the people of this list will soon also be found out in their rooms with the blood painted on the walls. Oh my
0: god! Like the scariest chainmail.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so another theory is that the victim that once this pop up comes on their computer, they're driven to commit suicide and paint the walls with their own blood. I guess by supernatural forces.
0: Whoa. Okay. I love this. This is very, like, that movie The Ring. Like, technology is, like, coming through the screen and, like, physically attacking you and, like, possessing you.
1: Yeah. It's like the um the grudge, too, almost. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking, like, Japanese horror, but...
0: No, totally. Totally. It definitely is. has that vibe. Yes. And it's, like, the early 90s where I don't know why they're so conducive to, like, really scary, technologically-based, like, yeah. horror stories, but... I love it, man.
1: <laughs> in the early 2000s. So after this kind of this urban legend was just kind of circulating around um it's been known it, it was it's probably honestly just as like was created I mean in my opinion as a, like a warning of the internet because just because everything was so new, you know. So in the early 2000s a short animated video about this urban legend um, was created and started circulating its way around the internet so in the video there's a boy and he's obsessed with the internet and it starts with him and a friend and they're discussing this particular urban legend at school so that night the boy goes home and becomes a little curious about the subject so he attempts to try to search the web for this red room pop up and all of this is in flash animation so if that just picture that in your mind so
0: is it, this was a real video
1: yeah so somebody had created this video about this urban legend and it just kind of was like i don't know just what videos do how they just make their way around yeah. the internet
0: like the original viral video
1: yeah exactly
0: did you watch this did you search it
1: sorry i didn't know i was scared to search anything about the red room like besides you? you know but i couldn't i couldn't find the video and i don't know if it still exists and there might be a reason why but we'll get to that later so the boy after him and his friend they're discussing this urban legend at school he goes home and he attempts to search for this red room pop-up right so he's He's about to give up on his research when suddenly a screen pops up and I think you can guess what it says.
0: What does it say?
1: Do you like the? So after several attempts by the boy to try to close the window, another window pops up. And this window has a full list of names. And the last name on the list is the name of his friend who he was discussing the topic with earlier. So then the boy feels something behind him, and he just loses consciousness. The next day, neither of the boys show up at school, and it is reported that they had both committed suicide and had painted their walls red with their own blood in the process. So according to the article, the site that hosted the animation, um, like this video, then has a pop-up come up after the video asking you do you like the so super oh. creepy.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, that's super scary. Can you imagine that? Like you watch this video and then the pop-up comes and it's yeah. like do you like? That? Oh. <laughs> it's freaking me out,
1: dude. I know. Super cool. So on June 1st, 2004 this well this whole video like I said, it's an urban legend, but it kind of leads to a real-life story. So this murder is called the Sasebo Slashing.
0: Very metal name. That is <laughs> very cool.
1: So on June 1st, 2004, an 11-year-old girl lured her classmate, who was just a 12-year-old girl, named Satomi Mitarai into a classroom during their lunch hour at Akubo Elementary School. in Sasebo. So girl A. Which is the name police referred to. As uh, the murderer. Because she was a minor. And it was illegal to release her actual name. So they just referred to her as girl A. So that's what we're going to call her. So she brutally brutally murders Satomi. By slitting her throat. And cutting her arms with a box cutter.
0: Okay. I was not ready for that. A 12 year old girl with a box cutter slitting someone's throat.
1: Well actually she's she's eleven. She's she killed the twelve year old. Oh, okay. So even worse.
0: <laughs> even more terrifying. Um mm-hmm. can we please give her a name? Like I don't girl A. Well like
1: we, it just She does she gets a nickname further on. If, okay. I don't okay. know if we want then if I'll we hold just want to leave it.
0: I'll hold out for girl A. Okay.
1: So She leaves Satomi's body in the classroom and then returns to her own classroom, covered in Satomi's blood. Casual. Very casual. So a teacher notices that Satomi's missing, so she goes to look for her, and she finds her lifeless body in the classroom. So Girl A is taken into custody, and she confesses to the crime right away. She's even quoted as saying, I have done a bad thing. I am sorry. To the police. So... She originally said that there was no motive for her killing, that she just killed her just because. But she later confessed that she and Satomi had gotten into a fight online and Satomi had left rude messages online about her being overweight. So she,
0: yeah, I know. Was she cyberbullying this girl?
1: That's what girl A says. Um, And that's what prompted her to slit her throat with a box cutter.
0: A little dramatic, but okay.
1: Yeah, just a little. So on September fifteenth, two 2004, a Japanese court ruled that Girl A uh, be institutionalized at Tochigi Prefecture for two years. So in 2006, after her two years, she's re-evaluated and they decide that she's not ready yet, so they extend her sentence another two years. So,
0: so she's 13 at this time.
1: She's, yeah, so... Little fun fact. So you were mentioning about feeling bad that her name was Girl A. So yeah. there's a picture released of her, of the murderer. And she's wearing a University of Nevada sweatshirt. Okay. And the sweatshirt, super random. I have no idea why. But right. the sweatshirt just has the word Nevada across the front. So people of the internet started to call her Nevada Tan. And so Tan is a variation on the word Chan, which is apparently it's a children's honorific. Like, so it's like a title for a child in Japan. So they named her Nevada Tan.
0: Okay. I just want to say how indicative this is of the internet. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. little girl gets cyberbullied for her weight. I just looked right. up a picture of her. She looks like she she's, weighs about 35 pounds.
1: Yeah, she's so not fat small. at all. <laughs> no. She's tiny.
0: She's full on wearing a Nevada sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> and she not only is a victim of cyberbullying, takes mm-hmm. it into the real world, but then also becomes a fucking meme called Nevada Tan.
1: Right. It's people of the internet. I mean, come on. The
0: internet.
1: The internet. So... After she's reevaluated again on March 29th, 2008, she's evaluated again because it's been, you know, another two years. So she was first institutionalized in 2004. 2006, they reevaluate, she's not ready. So 2008, she's evaluated again. This time around, authorities announce that they will not be extending her sentence. So, girl A, also known as Nevada tan, Nevada is free. T- she's free what yeah so i don't i mean i don't know what she's doing with her life now but she's not in jail or incarcerated at all so
0: okay well we're gonna look this up um after we're done recording and we're gonna find nevada tan and we're gonna put her (laughs) on the podcast (laughs)
1: <laughs> Nevada Tan. I just can't with that name. God. Okay, so during the the police investigation, so you're probably wondering how does this even relate to this Japanese urban legend about the Red Room? So after, or during the police investigation, they discovered uh, the that Nevada Tan was, quote, a girl fascinated with urban legends and other creepy shit. They didn't say shit, but She was fascinated with urban (laughs) legends and creepy things. Um, And her favorite movie was Battle Royale, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. No. I have. It's pretty gruesome. It's The way for me to explain it is it's like a Japanese version of The Hunger Games, except (gasps) if The Hunger Games wasn't just rated PG-13. So it's just young kids- killing each other because of their government and there was actually a lot of controversy about the movie and it's even been banned from distribution in some countries whoa that should tell you how messed up this movie is and the fact that this 11 year old girl it's her favorite clearly she's got some issues
0: okay but you should kill someone all right sure but what i want to say right now is that we all wanted people to die in The Hunger Games. We wanted the blood. We, <laughs> wanted, we wanted it. We craved it.
1: We did. Yeah. So,
0: I don't know if I'm really blaming Nevada Tan for liking a slasher movie. You liked slasher movies when you were a baby.
1: That's true. I was very mm-hmm. into slasher movies at the age of 11. So. I
0: just didn't murder people?
1: <laughs> no. I kept it inside. Yeah, I
0: guess. anger deep down
1: yeah so the police also find that she had a particular video saved on her computer and you can guess it's the animated video of the red room which police say influenced her actions in the murder the sasebo slashing so kind of creepy and eerie but so years later in 2014 a similar murder occurred in sasebo where a 15-year-old girl was murdered by a 16-year-old girl in a similar fashion. Really? However, the two crimes were not thought to be connected, and the Red Room video was never uh, connected to this particular murder, which would have been insane if it had, but just thought I'd call out that little part, because that's kind of creepy as well.
0: It's very creepy. And honestly, the parallel here between like a girl one year younger... Murdered yeah. another girl in, like, a very similar way in the same town. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to say it, but probably whoever got murdered is haunting this area, and maybe there's some <laughs> sort of nefarious creature or, you know, poltergeist situation.
1: I mean, I don't think you're wrong.
0: I want to believe.
1: So, So, yeah, that is the story of the urban legend of the Red Room and also the true story of the Sasebo slashing so I guess in conclusion the lesson that we've learned here is be careful what you browse on the internet do not go looking for the red room pop up or your name just might be added next to the list the end (laughs) oh
0: my god that was really okay I don't want to lie right now that's a little Mm -hmm. scary Maybe kind of creepy right Maybe I've had too many midday cocktails, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of taking me for a loop and I'm honestly scared of Googling scary things because I feel <laughs> like, you know, I'm super scared of ghosts. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I Google scary things, the ghosts in my house will be like, oh, she wants to know more about us and then they're going to start <laughs> fucking with me. And I'm just not ready for that right now. So I am going to look up who this girl A is, and I think we should do a follow-up on that next week if we can yeah. find anything.
1: Yeah, to figure out. I would assume that she probably has changed her name. It's probably one of those situations where it's going to be hard to find her. But yeah, I'm sure some person of the internet has figured something out, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how that goes.
0: Right, right, the internet.
1: Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of those two kids. Um, I think they were in, like, England or something, and they murdered a little boy, but they were young.
0: Yeah? I haven't heard
1: yeah, of them. they Yeah, were, they were, like, nine, 9 and 10 or something, and I think they killed – they, like, abducted a toddler from a mall, and they, like, what? brutally murdered him. You know, they did their time as minors, and then they were released as adults, and they – obviously changed their names and whatever, but people still found them and were like harassing this guy. Well, one of them was actually, I think, arrested again for having child pornography, which Well. Yeah, he probably just never was never gonna be okay in the head. Yeah. Um, but the other guy I think they like people found him and like were just like harassing him, like ruining his life basically because of this murder he committed as a child.
0: The internet, it does that, man. It's, it's incredible how people can find people on the internet now mm-hmm. and just fuck their lives up. Like, for good yeah. or for bad, it's... It's scary. It's very scary and it's very wild. I hadn't heard of that case, but... um,
1: like, Well, there used to be a show on... I think it was either ID or some one of those channels. It was called Killer Kids and it was <gasps> all about kids who had committed murders like are adults adults now but they had committed murders as kids and some of them were just in life and for life wow and they i remember them interviewing this one guy and he was just like super remorseful like you know the decision i made when i was 14 i think he was like 14 which i mean at that age you're not like necessary i mean you should know better um but right. he was just like, I, I, I'm I, never going to get out. Like, I feel so bad, which I don't know how much of that was true, but it's kind of heartbreaking in a sense also because there's so little when they do this and then right, it, like, defines the rest of their lives. So,
0: Yeah, it could be, like, the end-all be-all to the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. We should – we're going to do it, okay? We're going to do yeah. a whole podcast on children that kill because this yes. is – I'm getting obsessed with this idea and I'm going to – seriously start researching this the second we're done
1: awesome okay so well what is your japan story
0: okay so mine is sort of like your story in the sense that it has a foot in like the fantasy lore world and then also a foot in the real world
1: Ooh. okay
0: so my story is about tanuki the trickster god and also it is a very adorable real animal
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. um, I sent you a little picture of the Tanuki trickster god, like his little, yeah. little character, and then also the real animal, and it's so cute. It's I so-
1: cannot get over this thing. It looks like if a dog and a raccoon had a baby.
0: Oh, I know. It's so fluffy. It's adorable. I'm so sorry for screeching. It's just <laughs> the cutest thing ever. So I was talking to my partner about like ideas, because we're going to do a Japanese-based show, like. Mm -hmm. Japanese lore Um, and he told me like look look up these little creatures so I watched oh my god five hours maybe (laughs) I just (laughs) fell down like a YouTube hole of watching these little baby tanukis love that (laughs) and I actively was crying real tears because they're so adorable so and I don't know have you ever played Animal Crossing it's like super popular right now
1: I did when I was younger but I don't have I've been wanting to play it, but it, don't you need like a, a Nintendo Switch?
0: Yeah, and I know I, oh, I don't have one. one. I was looking for them on the internet, and they're all sold out everywhere. But I super want to play too. Yeah,
1: because everyone's everyone's playing Animal Crossing. Like literally, I feel out of the loop.
0: Well, a character in Animal Crossing, his name is Tom Nook. He is a tanuki. So if we ever Aww. somehow find
1: <laughs> a Nintendo Switch,
0: if, if you go to <laughs> www.nicole and Noel are looking for a Nintendo Switch, please help us find one dot com. Mm-hmm. You can submit on that website where we can find Nintendo Switch yeah. because we really want to play Animal Crossing. Really just
1: want to play Animal Crossing.
0: Yes. So go to that website I just mentioned that I forgot already. It totally um, exists too. It's very real. Please go there and help us. Okay, so let's talk about the real... I want to talk about the real Tanuki and then I want to talk about the legend. Okay? Okay. So... These are very real animals. They are all over Japan. I looked up what their like extinction conservation status was. Mm-hmm. And basically there's just way too many of them and people kill them what? all the time cuz they're like a nuisance. There's so many. They're like overrunning Japan. Are they
1: like um do people eat them? Like are they like deer cuz I know some well in the US like deer populations can sometimes be a problem.
0: Yeah, that's sort of the feel that I got. Like people eat them, people use their skins, um oh. people stuff them and make like little talismans out of them.
1: Okay. But there's still a lot of them, you said, so they're not in any danger of going extinct.
0: No. Okay. No, like I looked up one stat and it was like almost 400,000 get accidentally hit by cars. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like a year. And their numbers are still skyrocketing. So the tanuki are doing fine. Okay. They're very adorable. They're also known as like the Japanese raccoon dog and yes. that's 100% what they look like, don't you think? Yes.
1: Like like I said, a raccoon and a dog had a baby.
0: Yes, very cute. People keep them as pets, which is just adorable. Um and also they mate for life and live in like little monogamous relationships Aww. and they have babies for like with the same partner forever and I just think that that's adorable.
1: That that's so cute that because I, I was going to ask you if they're if they could be tamed, like, if because obviously they're wild. But I my question was going to be like, if they can be tamed so people actually do keep them as pets.
0: They do. I get the feeling that it's like the people in like the states that have raccoons as pets and you're sort of. Oh,
1: like adorable, yeah. But
0: also, like it's uh, still a wild animal. So maybe they yeah. put it near your children. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're nocturnal. Um, You can see them during the day sometimes, but they have like these tiny little feet and really poofy bodies and these like half short little poofy tails. If you have not seen a Tanuki, I want everyone listening, pause the podcast, look up pictures of how cute these little things are, and then come back. Okay, I'm going to wait. Ready? Look them up right now. Go.
1: And we're back.
0: (laughs) Did you look them up? Okay, so that's the real tanuki. They're little critters. The legend of the tanuki is a little bit darker.
1: Ooh, okay. The
0: earliest appearance of the tanuki in folklore is around the 8th century CE. They're seen as chaotic. They're capable of doing good things, and some of them do, but mostly they're like evil little tricksters. Hmm. Have you heard the term yokai?
1: I think I have, yeah. What is a yokai?
0: it's like a ghost or like a phantom oh, so pretty okay. much so like any story that you see of like a ghost or like a phantom or like a spirit those can be considered yokai okay yeah the tanuki they use magic and
1: mm-hmm. they shape
0: shift so kind of think of like loki from thor like the trickster god mm-hmm. but these have little very adorable fluffy faces and massive testicles <laughs>
1: So basically it's Tom Hiddleston but with huge balls is what you're saying.
0: Yes, I want everyone's to okay. picture. Tom Hiddleston with just the biggest balls you have ever seen on a person. Okay, gross. And then also just like like a cute little like raccoon ears or something. So like adorable and disgusting.
1: <laughs> I don't even want to describe the picture that is floating in my head right now. It's just just, yeah, we're not going to go there.
0: So, sorry, I guess I forgot to mention that. Um, but Tanuki are said to have massive scrotum that, basically, that's where they get all their magical power from.
1: Oh, okay. that's So, the the magic comes from their balls. Yeah. Okay.
0: And I'm, I tried to look up where this comes from because I was seriously Googling Tanuki balls, real animal. Like, <laughs> they're... You, you can't see them. Tanuki balls. I know. This is dark, man. Um, it was like 2 a.m. last night and I'm up like laying in bed. My partner's asleep and I'm googling Tanuki balls um, in like the darkness, which is like the light of my phone glowing my face. It was it was dark. And, and I couldn't even see them on the real animal. So this is like a thing of lore here.
1: Okay. So the real animal just has a normal sized scrotum, but this is the folklore where the... Ma- because the magic is in the balls. Yes. Okay. I
0: don't want to malign the real Tanuki. They have very normal proportional <laughs> testicles. Okay. It's the magical Tanuki.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: So, <laughs> Tanuki, they, they can shapeshift. They can change into human forms, but their giant scrotum
1: remains. Wait. Sorry. So, they can shapeshift into anything, like any animal person, but the, uh-huh. their balls just always remain the same size. Yep. So what if they transform into, like, a mouse? Would it just be, like, a mouse dragging two gigantic balls behind it?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just have... It's, like, seriously, I'll post some pictures on our Instagram okay. um, and our Facebook. You'll see they're just giant testicles, it's- and they use their scrotum for magic, basically. So I saw they turn hmm. them into a boat. They, like, <laughs> massage them. And they stretch out, and they can turn them into a boat and, like, ride their own testicles across rivers. Okay. They can use them as a fishing net and catch fish. They can use it as a blanket to keep warm. Hmm. I saw one photo or, like, a a rendering of a tanuki, like, stretching out their testicles and using it as a tent with, like, tent (laughs) poles and stuff.
1: Oh, I mean, when life gives you lemons or, I guess... In this case, giant testicles. You make a tent.
0: <laughs> you make a tent.
1: <laughs> Out of them.
0: Well, they use them as drums. And then I saw a lot of like folklore where they use them as weapons, where they grab their own testicles and they use them to like hit people with.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I cannot think of a more degrading thing to be hit with than a <laughs> pair of giant furry testicles.
1: Test- giant testicles to the face, yeah. That's... pretty intense
0: so how do you know if you've been hit by a tanuki I just hit my mic stand
1: it was the tanuki balls it wasn't you
0: that was (laughs) so if you've been if your mic stand has been hit by tanuki balls how will you know Okay, if you wake up in the morning and you find all of your alcohol specifically. Okay. And all of your valuable possessions missing, you know that you have been the victim of a tanuki. So
1: the tanuki like to party then. That's what I'm getting from this.
0: Big testicles, big party <laughs> attitude. That's their that's their motto. Well,
1: it's my motto too, so we have that in common. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so the tanuki are known to steal alcohol, specifically sake, it's their favorite. They'll take your money, they'll take your valuables, they will trade them for sake, duh, and then also like sweet treats like cakes and like little delicious things from local stores. Okay. When the legend began, Tanuki were seen as very, very evil and like haunting, and they would possess people and they were considered omens of misfortune. Hmm. And now they've sort of evolved into like quirky, fun little tricksters and lovable beasts. Okay. So I'm going to read my favorite tanuki story that I found on the intro net. And it's about an evil tanuki that gets what is coming to him.
1: Oh, I'm ready for it. It's
0: called Kachikachiyama, the Crackling Mountain. Long, long ago, lived an old farmer and his wife, who had made their home in the mountains far from any town. Their only neighbor was a bad and malicious tanuki. This tanuki used to come out every night and run across the farmer's field and spoil the vegetables and the rice, which the farmer spent his time in carefully cultivating. The tanuki, at last, grew so ruthless in his mischievous work and did so much harm everywhere on the farm that the good-natured farmer could not stand it any longer and determined to put a stop to it. So he laid in wait the day after day, night after night, with a big club hoping to catch the tanuki, but it was all in vain. Then he laid traps for the wicked animal. The farmer's trouble and patience was rewarded. For one fine day, on going his rounds, he found the tanuki caught in a hole he had dug for that purpose. The farmer was delighted at having caught his enemy and carried him home securely bound with rope. When he reached the house, the farmer said to his wife Should I do a voice? Absolutely. Okay. I have at last caught the bad tanuki. You must keep an eye on him while I am at work and not let him escape because I want to make soup tonight.
1: Oh, mm, tanuki soup.
0: Mm, You can really taste the testicles.
1: (laughs) The bigger the balls, the bigger the flavor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Saying this, he hung the tanuki up in the rafters of his storehouse and went out to work in the fields. The tanuki was in great distress for he did not at all like the idea of being made into soup that night, and he thought and thought for a long time, trying to hit upon some plan by which he might escape. It was hard to think clearly in his uncomfortable position, for he had been hung upside down. And I just imagine his testicles are probably smacking him in the face or something. <laughs> he's, he's upside down, so that's my. Opinion.
1: I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Very near him at the entrance to the storefront, Looking out towards the green fields and the trees and the pleasant sunshine stood the farmer's old wife, pounding barley. She looked tired and old. Her face was seamed with many wrinkles and was brown as leather. Every now and then she would stop to wipe the perspiration which rolled down her face. Hmm, what's a tanuki voice? Dear lady. second.
1: <laughs> I like it, yeah. Said
0: the wily tanuki. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you must be very weary doing such things. Heavy work in your old age. Won't you let me do that for you? My arms are very strong, and I could relieve you for a little while. Thank you for your kindness, said the... I don't know why they're all British. Thank you for your (laughs) kindness, said the old woman, but I cannot let you do this work for me because I must not untie you, for you might escape, and I did, and if I did, my husband would be very angry if he came home to find you gone. Now, the tanuki is one of the most cunning animals, and he said again in a very sad and gentle voice, "'You are very unkind. You must untie me, for I promise not to try to escape. "'If you are afraid of your husband, I will let you bind me again before his return "'when I have finished pounding the barley. "'I am so tired and sore tied up like this. "'If you would only let me down for minutes, I would indeed be thankful.'" The old woman had a very good and simple nature and could not badly think of anyone. Much less did she think that the tanuki was only deceiving her in order to get away. She felt sorry, too, for the animal as she turned to look at him. He looked in such a sad plight hanging downwards from the ceiling by his legs, which had had been tied together so tightly that the rope and the knots were cutting into his skin.
1: Don't do it, lady. Don't do it.
0: So the kindness of her heart, believing the creature's promise that he would not run away, she untied the cord and let him down no yep the old woman then gave him a wooden pedestal and told him to do the work for a short time while she rested he took the pedestal but instead of doing the work as he was told duh the tanuki at once sprang upon the old woman knocked her down with a heavy
1: piece of wood
0: then he killed her and cut her up and made a soup of her and waited to return for the old farmer.
1: Holy shit, I did not see that coming. I thought he'd just <laughs> run away. But, I mean, I guess it's kind of her fault for letting him go, so.
0: Well, he is an evil creature, remember? Right. He's this evil trickster yokai, so, you know. Mm. The old man worked hard in his fields all day, and as he worked, he thought with pleasure that no more now Would his labor be spoiled by the destructive tanuki? Towards sunset, he left his work and returned to go home. He was very tired, but the thought of a nice supper of hot tanuki soup awaited his return, cheered him up. Oh no. The thought that the tanuki might get free and take revenge on the poor woman had never once crossed. The tanuki, meanwhile, assumed the old woman's form. And as soon as he saw the old farmer approaching... no came out to greet him on the veranda of the little house, saying, So you have come back at last. I have made the tanuki soup, and I have been waiting for you for a long time. Oh
1: god, I think I know where this is going.
0: The old farmer quickly took off his straw sandals and sat down before his dinner tray. The innocent man never even dreamed that it was not his wife, but the tanuki who was waiting upon him, and asked at once for the soup. Then the Tanuki suddenly transformed himself back into the natural form and cried out, You wife-eating old man! Look at the bones in your kitchen! Oh
1: my gosh. Wait, 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 wait a second. So, this Tanuki transformed into his wife, right? Right. And you said that no matter what form they take, they always have their giant testicles, Right. Yeah. So how did this man not notice that his wife had just grown giant hairy balls? (laughs) Maybe she was wearing a dress. I let's hope.
0: Probably, but like maybe she just had I don't know her life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe he was like, "Oh my, what big testicles you have." And she was like, that's right, baby.
1: Just just something to point out. She could have been wearing a dress. Who knows? Could have.
0: We'll never know. Now she's dead. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) So laughing out loud and divisively, he escaped out of the house and ran away to his den in the hills. The old man was left behind alone. He could hardly believe what he had seen and heard. Then, when he understood the whole truth, he was so scared and horrified that he fainted right away. After a while, he came round and burst into tears. He cried loudly and bitterly. He rocked himself to and fro in the hopeless grief. It seemed too terrible to be real that his faithful old wife had been killed and cooked by the Tanuki while he was working quietly in the fields, knowing nothing of what was going on at home, and congratulating himself having once and for all gotten rid of the wild animal who had so often spoiled his fields. And oh, the horrible thought, he had barely nearly drunk the soup in which the creature had made of his poor old wife.
1: Okay, so he didn't eat the soup with his wife's, the wife's soup. He stopped before it got to that?
0: I saw, so I read this in a couple places and it's translated. Uh-huh. I saw in some he did eat her. He like took a sip of the soup. And was like, this is, like, really thin skin, and, like, there was, like, old bones floating in it. It was very dark. (laughs) But in this one, he stopped before that, so no cannibalism here. Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He wailed out loud. Now, not far, there lived the same mountain, a kind, good-natured old rabbit. He heard the old man crying and sobbing at once and set out to see what the matter was and if there was anything he could do to help his neighbor. The old man told him all that had happened. When the rabbit heard the story, he was very angry at the wicked and deceitful Tanuki, then told the old man to leave everything up to him and that he would avenge his wife's death. The farmer was at last comforted, and wiping away his tears, thanked the rabbit for his goodness and for coming in to help him with his distress.
1: Hmm, it's a good rabbit.
0: I want to know what he does with this soup. <laughs>
1: So he just throw it, it away well? or bury it? Maybe, buried, maybe, right? maybe he buried. Maybe maybe buried it.
0: I would. I feel like you have to bury your wife's soup. You
1: know. <laughs> yes, I mean, if I ever had a wife and if she was ever made into soup, I'd I'd probably mm-hmm. bury it.
0: That's really, really thoughtful of you. Thank you. But if, if I ever get turned into soup, I would hope that you would do that for me.
1: I would one hundred percent do that for you.
0: Oh, sweet. So. <laughs> The rabbit, seeing that the farmer was growing calmer, went back to his home and laid plans for the punishment of the tanuki. The next day, the weather was fine, and the rabbit went down to find the tanuki. He was not to be seen in the woods or on the hillside or in the fields anywhere. So the rabbit went to his den and found the tanuki hiding there, for the animal had been afraid to show himself ever since he had escaped from the farmer's house for fear of the old man's wrath. Yeah. The rabbit called out. What's a rabbit voice sound like?
1: Uh, you're the voice expert between the two of us, so. Okay.
0: Why are you not... (laughs) Why are you not out on such a beautiful day? Come with me, and we will go and cut grass on the hills together. The tanuki never doubted that the rabbit was his friend. Unwillingly consenting to go out with him, only too glad to get away from the neighborhood of the farmer in fear of meeting him. The rabbit led the way, miles away from their homes, out on the hills where the grass grew tall and thick and sweet. They both set to work, cutting down as much as they could to carry home and to store it for the next winter's food. When they had each cut down all they wanted and tied it in bundles and started homewards, each carrying the bundle of grass on his back. This time, the rabbit made the tanuki go first. When they had gone a little way, the rabbit took out a flint and a seal striking it over the tanuki's back as he stepped along the front, setting his bundle of grass on fire. The tanuki heard the flint striking and asked, What is the noise? Crack, crack. Oh, it's nothing, replied the rabbit. I only said crack, crack, because the mountain is called Crackling Mountain.
1: (laughs) Nice save, rabbit.
0: (laughs) Very smooth. (laughs) The fire soon spread the bundles of of dry grass on the tanuki's back. Tanuki, hearing the crackling of the burning grass, asked, What is that? Nope, that's the rabbit's voice. <laughs> I can't keep these straight. The Tanuki, hearing the crackling of the burning grass, asked, What is that? Now we've come to the burning mountain, answered the rabbit. By this time, the... I don't know, I'm so bad at these voices.
1: No, you're fantastic at the voices. Keep keep it up, man.
0: I think your confidence is keeping me alive now. By the time the bundle was nearly burned out all the hair had been burned off the tanuki's back. He now knew what was happening by the smell of smoke in the burning grass. Screaming with pain, the tanuki ran as fast as he could to his hole. The rabbit followed and found him lying on the bed groaning with pain. What an unlucky fellow you are, said the rabbit. I can't imagine how this happened. I will bring you some medicine by which will heal your back quickly the rabbit went away glad and smiling thinking that the punishment upon the tanuki had already begun he hoped that the tanuki would die from his burns for he felt that nothing could be too bad for the animal who was guilty of murdering a poor helpless old woman who had trusted him He went home to make ointment by mixing some sauce and red pepper together.
1: Oh shit, this rabbit is savage, dude. This
0: is a dark story (laughs) and I like it. I've never heard of an evil rabbit before, but I'm very here for it. He carried this to the tanuki before putting it on him. He told him that it would cause him great pain, but that he must bear it patiently because it was a wonderful medicine for burns and scalds. The tanuki thanked him and begged him to apply it at once. But no language can describe the agony of the tanuki as soon as the red pepper had been pasted all over his sore and burned back. (laughs) He rolled over and over, howling loudly. The rabbit looking on felt that the farmer's wife was beginning to be avenged. Savage. The tanuki was in bed for about a month. And at last, in spite of the red pepper application, his burns healed and he got well. When the rabbit saw that the tanuki was getting well, he thought another plan which could compass the creature's death. So he went one day to pay the tanuki a visit and to congratulate him on his recovery. During the conversation, the rabbit mentioned that he was going fishing and described how pleasant fishing was when the weather was fine and the sea smooth. The tanuki listened with pleasure to the rabbit's account of the way he passed his time now and forgot about all of his pains in this month's illness and thought about what fun it would be to go fishing too so he asked the rabbit if he could take if he would take him with the next time he went out to fish this was just what the rabbit wanted so of course he agreed and then he went home and he built two boats one of wood and the other of clay hmm. at last they were both finished and as the rabbit stood and looked at his work he felt that all his trouble would be well rewarded if his plan succeeded, and he could manage to kill the wicked tanuki now. The day came when the rabbit had arranged to take the tanuki fishing. He kept the wooden boat himself and gave the tanuki the clay boat. The tanuki knew nothing about boats and thought of how kind it was that the rabbit to get, for the rabbit to give it to him. They both got into their boats and set out. After going some distance from the shore, the rabbit proposed that they should try to race their boats and see who could be the quickest. The tanuki fell in the proposal, and they both set to work to row as fast as they could for some time. In the middle of the race, the tanuki found that his boat had been going to pieces, for the water had now begun to soften the clay. He cried out in great fear to the rabbit to help him, but the rabbit answered that he was avenging the old woman's murder (laughs) and that this had been his intention all along, and that he was happy to think that the Tanuki had at last met his deserts for all his evil crimes and was to drown with no one helping him. Then he raised his oar and struck at the Tanuki with all his strength till he fell with the sinking clay boat and was seen no more.
1: Damn. I feel like this rabbit character might be a bit of a psycho. Like <laughs> the attention to detail and the hell that he put this Tanuki through I mean, it's pretty crafty, but it's also a little bit serial killery, so, I mean.
0: He's definitely playing the long game here. Like, he burned the shit out of <laughs> yes. this tanuki, let him fully heal, and is now going to murder him. He's a
1: savage, like I said.
0: He is a sociopath. <laughs> Thus at last he kept his promise to the old farmer. The rabbit now turned and rode shorewards and having landed and pulled his boat upon the beach, hurried back to tell the old farmer everything, and how the tanuki, his enemy, had been killed. The old farmer thanked him with tears in his eyes. He said that till now he could never sleep at night, or be at peace in the daytime, thinking of how his wife's death was unavenged. But from this time, he would better be able to sleep and eat as of old. He begged the rabbit to stay with him and share his home, So from this day, the rabbit went to stay with the old farmer, and they both lived together as good friends until the end of their days.
1: Wow. Okay, well, I guess that ending had, like, kind of a sweet ending, but in a murdery way. But I'm trying to, like, figure (laughs) in my head what the possible message from this folklore story could be. Because usually it's, like, a story about something, but there's a bigger message, like underneath but man I got nothing on this one besides I mean I guess don't fuck with rabbits because they're calculating as hell and will ruin your life
0: I think first off we're just gonna agree here right that this Mm -hmm. rabbit is a psychopath
1: (laughs) yes absolutely
0: every time I see a rabbit outside now I'm going to just scream until it runs away because I'll be very scared (laughs) I feel like the actual moral i guess of this is to just not trust tanuki because they're evil and they'll trick you yeah. and they'll kill you and they'll steal from you so that's what i get and then the rabbit is like the good guy to kind of cancel out the tanuki's evilness
1: right or like maybe it's um like if you do bad things like karma that could be another theme oh
0: Yeah, like, like if you, like, kill someone and, like, make soup out of her, like, a really nice little critter is going to come and torture you until you die.
1: Yeah, like, uh, it's the the karma rabbit is what they call
0: (laughs) (laughs) As it's known in Japan.
1: It is known. Um, I also love how Tanuki are real creatures, but then there's also this lore and stories about them. It's actually kind of, it's really fun.
0: There's so many stories about Tanuki. There's some where, like, they save drunk people and... But they do it for, like, a selfish reason where mm. if they return the drunk person to their home, maybe the drunk person will give them sake as, like, a thank you gift. <laughs> there's, there's some where Tanuki kill foxes. There's, like, this huge, like, feud between Tanuki and foxes in okay. Japanese lore. Um, There's a lot going on here. Tanuki, there's... There's so many stories about them, and I just thought this one was sort of the darkest. So, that's why I just (laughs) read it.
1: Um, I enjoyed it. it.
0: Thank you. So, I love that both of our stories sort of ride that line between, like, fact and fiction. Like, that's one of my favorite things about folklore, I guess.
1: Yeah, like, everything, even if it's, like, the craziest story, it still has, like, a little bit of truth to it, you know?
0: Right. It's kind of cool. It's rooted in reality.
1: Yeah. And we didn't even plan that, actually. It just happens that way.
0: Yeah, it's like a folklore thing. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you guys want to learn more about Tanuki, just Google them because it's super fun. You can watch adorable videos of real Tanuki. You can see super weird drawings of giant testicled animals using <laughs> their ball sacks to catch fish. Uh, Gross. It's- You will fall into a deep hole if you just Google the word tanuki. So highly recommend.
1: Well, yeah. And thank you for taking this trip to Japan with us. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we do. Um, If you guys like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to find us online, we're on the social medias. Noelle, where can they find us?
0: You can find us at Quite Unusual Pod. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Twitterverse. You can email us at quiteunusualpod at com. Make sure you send us your spooky stories. We we love listener lore. Um, yes. Obviously, we love folklore. So send that our way. We will read it starting on the next episode. We're going to start doing like one per episode, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's that'll... That's that's a good plan. And if you are from Japan or if you have any stories about Japan, please send them our way because Japan's got some cool ass shit happening, so
0: Yeah. We wanna like hear it pretty, all. Pretty much the most metal folklore I have ever seen <laughs> comes from Japan. As always, if you want to look up more information, we will put all the resources in for both of our stories in the description and you can find it um if you just google it basically also i would recommend not googling the red room so much (laughs) unless you want to die and if you do die and you come back as a poltergeist we would love to hear about it so write us in
1: yeah and um well i guess this is the point in the podcast where i tell you to celebrate the strange
0: and then i will say keep it unusual
1: Bye! Sayonara! Sayonara.